0: Hey, welcome to week three of a series we're calling How's Your Soul? Uh, We've been kind of looking at how the world kind of affects our soul and how our soul interacts with the world and the life that God's called us to have. And, And one of the things that I realized and I think we all realize is that advertisement has incredible power, you know, and I looked up a few stats and uh, one of the stats that I looked up was that uh, advertising agencies this year spent $83 billion on advertisement. Uh, they're gonna spend $129 billion by 2021 on advertisement. In 2017, uh, they spent $13.23 billion on video. They're approximately gonna spend $22 billion on video by 2021. According to retailers, um, when you see a video, when we see a video, uh, we are 50% are more likely to buy that ad or buy their product based upon their ad that they showed us. Uh, 46% of users actually buy something after seeing a commercial. Anybody else like that? I know I am, okay? I mean, like, oh, it's Snickers bar. Mm, yeah, yeah, I want a Snickers bar, you know? Um, 80% of all consumers remember the videos that they've watched over the last 30 days. And what's the point of all this? It's to get us to go, I want more stuff, right? I need more whatever, okay? You know, the other day, you know, me and Jess were driving around and we uh, forgot our cell phones. Anybody ever forgotten your cell phone? And you're like, I think a part of my body is missing right now, you know? You're like... I'm literally, you know, you start like breaking out in hives, you start getting rashes, you know, you're like, who could be texting me right now, you know? I mean, it's amazing that, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, let's go 15 years ago, like this didn't exist. We weren't getting texts and we didn't have apps You know, and we didn't have you know this constant need to look at Instagram. Anybody ever felt that way? Like Instagram, Facebook, you're just like, why you all are lying? By the way, okay, because I see you all on social media. Okay, listen, me and Justin, we were talking in bed the other night, and I was like, I am so sick of Instagram. You know, I was just like, and she's like, why? I'm like because it's not creative anymore. It's just everybody putting themselves out there trying to promote themselves, you know? And I'm like, I hate it now. And she's like, why are you looking at it right now? I'm like, because I'm addicted, you know? Like, (laughs) It's the truth, you know? You know, but the reality is, I mean, there was times... You know, the other day I was watching the Andy Griffith Show. It was on, oh my, come on, can we just give it up for the Andy Griffith Show, somebody? I mean, it's just a good show, you know? I mean, people are in the cowboy outfits and stuff, and I'm like, I want a hat and boots, you know? I want a cap gun, I want to be like Opie, you know? And so, but I was thinking like, man, There was a day and a time life was really, really simple and people were really happy. And we have more stuff than we've ever had. People are less happy. I mean, just look at people driving in their cars. They're mean-mugging hard, like, all the time, you know? Like, we're just not really that happy, but the reality is we're always like, I need more stuff. I gotta have more. There's something else that I don't have right now that my soul really needs. I remember this, okay? I'm gonna play this commercial from 1997. We're going way back, okay? This is my favorite commercial. Okay, I'm pretty confident I saw that commercial Super Bowl weekend, 1997, and I shed a few cheers. OK? I'm just going to be honest with you. I was just like, it was so beautiful. you know? What did it do in my soul? It gave me a craving. To this day, I do not own those shoes. I would probably give you my pinky. I'll be honest with you. if you, if you, had, a, if you had a brand new pair of those today. I would probably go, it's a pinky, you know what I mean? Like, outside of rocking a pinky ring, which is pretty sweet. If you rock a pinky ring, you're pretty amazing, okay? You're, you're a big baller brand, all right? But I'd probably give you my pinky, to be honest with you, because there's a craving in my soul from 1997 when I first saw that video there. I'm like, I've got to have those shoes. Someday, somewhere, I've got to have that. And the world understands this. The world understands that we have cravings and they're just playing to what? Our cravings. They're just showing us, we know that in your soul you have cravings and we're just trying to give you what your soul really, really wants. I mean, it's just nature. Okay, throw up that picture. Look at that beautiful baby girl. That is Drew and Farrah's little girl. They had her the other day. She is beautiful. She is healthy. She is whole. They're all doing really, really well. We're so happy for them. But think about babies, okay? They come out craving what? Food. They're like, I need food. You know, I on the earth. I've been here like 20 minutes. <laughs> I need some food, you know? They're craving attention, you know? They're craving love. They're craving touch. Babies have cravings. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA that from the moment that we're born, we are born into this world with cravings and desires. But the reality is that we all know and we all understand as we've been going through this series is that this world never satisfies our soul. Yet, I find myself at least, I don't know about you, you guys are probably way holier than I am, okay? But I find myself over and over again in seasons where I want the things of this world to satisfy my soul outside of Jesus. Go with me, 1 John. 1 John uh, chapter two. are look at verses 15 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on screen for you. By the way, your Bibles are coming. I ordered them for you. They'll be here next week, okay? I got you, okay? Verse 15 says this. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers to you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in your heart. Verse 16 For the world offers you a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements and our possessions. You ever had that moment where you were like, man, I'm stunning today. You know, you're wearing an outfit. You're like, man, I just, I got it going today. Come on, I mean, we've all had a moment like that. You, your head's a little higher, or you pull up in a certain car, or, you know, you have somebody over to see one of your brand new shiny toys. Now, I remember like in the 80s, okay? 80s, I remember like fur coats were like legit in the 80s. Anybody remember those days? If you don't, you're way too young. But, okay, 80s fur coats. That was like a status thing. Like, oh, you have a dead animal on you. You're a baller, you know? Like, super cool, you know? Give it up for dead animals, you know? 90s, 90s. Remember, remember Oakley glasses in the 90s? Those bug-looking glasses? You know, like I saw a picture of somebody wearing them like a couple days ago, and I was like, man, those things were ugly, but man, I wanted those, you know what I mean? He just wanted to rock that, oh, you know, on the side, or in 2000s, okay, me and Matt were talking about this, Abercrombie & Fitch was huge in the 2000s. Now we're getting at everybody. You're like, why are you talking about the 80s? Nobody remembers the 80s. Abercrombie & Fitch shirts, or like, I remember it in the, uh, yeah, in the, that was, was that not yeah? 2000s? How was that? Or big chains? Okay, I remember one time I bought a big fake chain off of line, and I wore it to youth group, and Jeff was like, "No, no, you've crossed the line. No, nope. <laughs> no, Jeff, you can't do that." And I was like, "No, I'm like little trace here. Like, nah, come on." Yeah. You know? All right. Uh, that was big. Or like now? Okay. What's? I mean, like now it's like I got an iPhone X, or I have this, or whatever. We all have pride in what? Achievements and possessions. And I think for so many people in our world, achievements and possessions gives us our sense of identity that God never intended. God never intended for us to have an identity in our home. Like, what's the purpose of a home? Purpose of a home is to like, Make sure I don't get wet, you know, or like that I'm warm, or that like we make a family memory watching a movie as a family. It's not so that somebody can come to my home and be jealous of my home. Not that I can have pride to go, my home is better than your home. Or, you know, what's the purpose of a car, you know? My wife believes the purpose of a car is to throw trash in there, okay? That's, that's how she, that's the thing she thinks, okay? Ha, ha, ha. But the purpose of a car is what? To drive it, to take you somewhere, correct? But somehow cars have become a thing of status, something we hang our hat on, that, you know, I have a Mercedes, you know? I'm like, well, have fun with your Mercedes, you know? You have a good time with that. Goes on to say this. These are not from the Father, but this is from the world, Verse 17, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. It's fading fast. Verse 17, or verse, goes on verse 17. But anyone that doesn't, does what, the, what pleases God will live forever. Verse 16 in the, in the Passion Translation, I really like this, it says this. For all that the world can offer us, the gratifications of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, obsession with status. It's amazing. It's a facade. I mean, have you ever bought something that you've wanted for forever and you get it and you're like, cool. Man, I wanted that for like 10 years. Now I have it. And you're like, I'm no more happy than I was a couple days ago, right? It's an allurement. And that's all that the world has, is this power to allure us to believe that our soul can be okay with the things of the world. And the reality is it can't. So let's ask a few questions today. okay? Number one is this, what is the world? Okay, in my study Bible, okay, shout out to study Bibles, okay? It defines it this way. The world is a morally evil system. The world is a system, okay? The world is under the influence of Satan, and it opposes the kingdom of God, okay? We have to remember, okay, Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness, correct? 40 days, the enemy comes, the devil comes he tempts them. What does the enemy tempt Jesus with? He says, I will give you all the nations of the world. Correct? Why? Okay. Because he has dominion over it. The enemy is the prince of this world, the king of this world. Okay. So his dominion reigns and rules in the earth. You always wonder why is there bad things in the earth? Because we have Human beings are incredibly flawed people that don't know Jesus, that are under the authority and the power and the influence of the devil. That's why we have bad things. goes on to say this, the world appeals to people's fleshly desires. Those who are stuck in this system need God to redeem them from it. That's the whole point of church, the whole point of church is for you to find Jesus, to find relationship in Jesus, and then allow the word of God to transform your mind, transform the way you think. I, I really, truly believe this, that you should be able to look year by year and go, I grew in this area with the Lord this year, right? Right? You know, like for me in this year right now, my verse in this year is Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God in all of his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. I'm really trying to understand what does this really mean on a daily basis? You know what I mean? Because when I finish 2018, I wanna be able to look back and go, I, I, I grew I grew, my mind grew, my soul grew. I just didn't attend church for another 12 months. Make sense? That's not the point. The point is for our souls to grow and to become more. Question number two is, how is your soul? How's your soul on the daily? Like I said, I I would love to tell you that my soul is absolutely free and clear to just do what the Lord wants me to do. But there's a lot of days where I find myself, you know, thinking about status or thinking about possessions or thinking about, you know, how many people like my video that I post and, you know, different things that we all deal with. And I find myself in that category way more than I would like to admit, to be honest. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of days where I'm just frustrated because I'm like, when am I going to get past this? When is my soul going to be good? When am I going to understand Philippians 4.12 where Paul says, for I have lived, um, for I know how to live with almost nothing and with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. He learned how to make sure his soul was good at all times. When he had a lot, when he had a little, it didn't matter. And Paul had some really crazy up and downs. If you read the New Testament, man, you see Paul in prison, and then you see Paul out of prison. And then you see Paul getting beaten, and then you see Paul getting shipwrecked. And then you see Paul ministering to people. I mean, Paul has tons of ups and downs. So Paul understands what he's saying in this moment. Question number three, and this is really what we're going to talk about today, is this. What are the things that rob, steal, and cheat your passion for Jesus, my passion for Jesus? There are things that are going on on the daily that are rob, stealing, and cheating our passion and desire for our relationship with Jesus. Because, guys, come on, let's just make this abundantly clear. Our church is never going to be built on religion, ever. Never. We're not about religion. We are about you becoming closer to Jesus on the daily. That's what the disciples had to do. When Jesus said, come, follow me, he didn't tell them where they were going. He didn't tell them what they were doing. He didn't tell them expectations. He gave them one commandment, follow me. Where where are we going, Jesus? Well, I'm going this way, follow me. This is the relationship we have with Jesus, learning how to have that relationship with Jesus. So four things today. Point number one is this, that rob, steals, and cheats our passion for Jesus. Number one is this, pride. Pride. I have to go outside of God's plans to find fulfillment, right? See, this happen all the time in marriages. I gotta find somebody on the other side of the grass to make me happy. And how many of us know that that most of the time never even works out? We just take our junk from one relationship to the next relationship. We're going outside of God's plans. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message says this. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, I love how God says that. Hey, by the way, I want you all to know I know what I'm doing. I'm God. I'm the creator of heaven and earth. I'm the creator of everything you see. I'm the creator of you. I know exactly who you are inside and out because I made you. And I know what I'm doing, God says. Goes on to say, I have a plan to all out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Why do we struggle with this? because we have pride, and the reason we struggle with this is because we go, God, you're not fulfilling my craving right now, right? That's really the issue. It's not God's plan. It's just that I have a craving for something right now. There's something that my soul really is yearning for. It really, really wants it, and you're not giving it to me right now, and because you're not giving it to me right now, I'm having a really hard time trusting you. I'm having a really hard time trusting your plan. But God said, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all mapped out. I've mapped out every day of your life. I know you inside and out. I know how to take care of you. I remember in 2009, 2009, um, Jess, in 2009, were we, were we poor? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, we were poor. Yeah. We, we were just... <laughs> We were poor, okay? And um, in 2009, uh, these shoes came out. Air Jordan 11 Space Jams. How many remember the movie Space Jam? Oh my gosh. It should just be labeled the greatest movie of all time. Okay, <laughs> all right? And these shoes came out in, and I remember in 09 these shoes, these shoes came out in 09, And um, we were in a season where God was teaching us how to be satisfied in our soul when we didn't have much. And we were in a season in 09 where God was teaching us, even in the season when we didn't have much, how to faithfully tithe in that season. And so, just to be real, these shoes come out in 09 and I had Really, really big struggles in my soul during that month. It was December of that month. Am I going to tithe or am I going to buy the shoes? Right? Am I going to tithe and trust the Lord or am I going to buy the shoes? Because this is what I love what Paul said. Paul said, What? I learned. Okay? See, I think we all have this idea that like, I come to church, I hear the word, and because I hear the word, now my soul is good, I'm okay, I'm great, I can move on. No, no, see, this is what happens. You hear the word, and then the word gets tested in your life. Hmm, now everybody's like, is there a better church today? I think there's gotta be a better message today than this, right? This is not comfortable. Listen, I hate it as much as you do. Listen, I promise you, everything I preach from this stage gets tested the next seven days. I swear to you. I mean, there are times that on Thursdays, I'm like, why did I say that on stage, God? Because <laughs> I'm walking through it myself. See, the word of the Lord comes and the word of the Lord comes with life and victory for your soul and your family and your future. But the word of God's gotta be tested because if it's not tested, it's just something you know. It's just something you've heard. But when you've gone through it and you've been through that season and you've learned it, you know that God is faithful. I know he's faithful. Because guess what? Nine years later, These shoes came back out. God's faithful. Amen. You know what the best part about this is? When these shoes came back out? I didn't just have enough money to buy me a pair. I had enough money to buy me and Michael and Ben and Luke a pair for Christmas. It's like it was like God was physically showing me. Listen. I always care about what you care about. See, we have this hard time understanding that too, right? They're like God doesn't care about what you care about. No, He does. He really does. It, it matters to Him. He just had to show me how to trust Him. Amen. First Peter chapter five, verse five says this. God resists you when you're proud, but multiplies grace and favor. Where did we see God multiply things? Think about it. You have little boys that have a few loaves of bread and a couple fish, and Jesus feeds thousands. And when he's done feeding thousands, there's 12 baskets of leftovers, right? So when you see this word multiply, okay, I go, Yes, yes, I want that. <laughs> I need that. I want multiply. God says, He multiplies grace and favor when you are humble when we humble ourselves not to my plan, but to his plan. When we hear the word of God and we go, okay, I'm gonna humble myself to the word of God. Not to how I grew up, not to what I like, not to what I feel, but I'm gonna humble myself to the word of God. It says this, that he multiplies grace and favor to your life. Verse 6, if you bow low to God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you um, as exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. I like that. Leave the timing in his hands. (laughs) God always knows what you need before you need it. He knows absolutely knows everything you need before you need it and his timing is impeccable I can't tell you how many times I've been up at three o'clock in the morning going God when's it gonna happen you know and it's funny because God never answers in those moments I don't know if you've ever realized that like God never answers me I think He's just kind of like are you done you know this is a nice tantrum you know you can keep going if you want but I got it, I got it all planned out. Number two is this, robs our passion for Jesus. Not being grateful. Last week we looked at the story of Esau. Esau had a birthright and he wasn't grateful for his birthright and so he lost his birthright because he wasn't grateful for what he had. We lose passion when we're not grateful. When we're not grateful for the house of God, we lose passion for the house of God. We're not grateful for the things of God, we lose passion for the things of God. When we're not grateful for the word of God, we actually lose wisdom. Does that make sense? Like when you're not grateful that you get to read the word of God whenever you want, and you choose not to read the word of God, what happens is that the Bible actually says you lose wisdom you lose understanding. I can't afford to lose wisdom and understanding. I don't know about you, but I need every last drop of wisdom and understanding that I can get because this world is hard and it is tough. Okay? When we're not grateful, we lose passion for people. You ever been not grateful for people or you just complain about people all the time? You complain about your friends, you complain about what somebody said or you complain about you know what somebody's thinking about you or whatever and then all of a sudden you find yourself and you're like, where's all my friends? Can I get an amen from somebody? All of a sudden you become ungrateful for people and you're like, now I'm just really difficult to work with, ungrateful. Point number three is this. Lack of worship, lack of worship. You are created to worship, okay? Did you know your mouth, your vocal cords, your hands, uh, your feet, your arms, all these things are created to what? Worship Jesus. Your voice was created to worship Jesus. Your mouth was created not to swear, (laughs) but to worship Jesus. Your hands were created to clap as a musical instrument to Jesus. Your feet were designed to be able to jump and to move and to dance, which I can't do at all, okay? But you were designed and created to worship. So when you humble yourself in worship, something amazing happens. Your soul connects with God's soul, the presence of God, and all of a sudden, in the presence of God, all the things that seem so big, so important, all of a sudden become really small, don't they? So you're designed, created to worship. You know who else was created to worship? The devil. The devil was, okay? The Bible says that he was the most beautiful thing that God ever created, And that he actually had instruments put into his body as an angel. His whole body was created to worship God. This is why he craves worship. This is why the enemy works so hard to steal worship. Okay? I mean, think about the the music of the world. The music of the world isn't to glorify Jesus, it's to devalue Jesus and to bring worship to self, right? So we are created to worship. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 11 through 15 says this, for the high priest carried the blood of animals into the holy chambers as a sacrifice for sins and then Brings uh, blood of the animals outside of the city. So what is this talking about? It's talking about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't come. They had to bring animals. They had to sacrifice animals. They had to, you know, bring blood to take care of the sins of people. But verse twelve it says this: In Jesus, our sinless sacrifice also suffered at death outside the walls to make us holy by His blood. So Jesus comes in the New Testament. He lives a perfect life. He sacrifices His life because of the blood of Jesus, you now get to be free from your sin, your guilt, your shame. Okay. Verse 13. So we must arise and join outside of this religious walls, these barriers and bear his disgrace. Verse 14. It says, for we have no city here on earth to be our permanent home. What's that talking about? Our home's not here on earth. Our home's in heaven. Like we were created to go to heaven, to be with Jesus. That's our permanent home, so we have no city on earth. But we seek the city that is destined to come, verse 15. So we no longer offer up steady streams of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. What does that mean? It means this. When you had a really crappy week, right? You had a really crappy week and you walk in the church and you're like, man, I had a bad week. I'm tired, I'm stressed, and I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm just not gonna worship today. I'm gonna stand here and I'm actually gonna make faces at Matt today. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna make faces at Matt today because I'm, I'm tired. You know what the sacrifice of praise is? When you praise when you don't want to. When you don't feel it. When you come in on Sunday morning with all that baggage and go, you know what? I'm gonna lay it at the feet of Jesus and I'm gonna give him a sacrificial praise. Or I'm in my car or I'm in the shower and I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna bring the sacrificial praise to the Lord says, these are the lambs because they had to sacrifice lambs. Our praise, our worship is the lambs that we offer from our lips to celebrate his name. Listen, we don't worship here on Sunday mornings to just worship. We don't worship just to let the band have a few minutes to you know, let Nick and Preston show you how amazing they are every week. And they are. We don't do that for that. We do that so that we can worship Jesus. I promise you, Matt and Jess and I, we will sit for hours. I mean, we sat for hours hours the other day picking songs, exact songs, because there's a bunch of songs that are self-serving worship songs that have everything to do about us and has everything to do about our, you know, weaknesses and how awful we feel. And I'm like, no, that's not worship. And I'm not singing that in my church. I'm going to sing songs that glorify Jesus and honor him and bring praise and glory to his great kingdom, because that's what Hebrews tells us to do. So we're not going to loathe in things. We're going to celebrate Jesus. And as we celebrate the king of kings, our souls will become full and we'll rise with Jesus. That's what we're called to do. So when you don't worship, you're refusing the sacrifice of praise to God. Man, when you don't worship, when you shut your mouth because you're like, you know, I'm a man. I don't sing. I don't dance. You're holding back the worship that is Jesus. You will be asked about that someday. I promise you. I don't care if you like it or if you don't like it. You will stand before Jesus. And he'll go, why'd you stand every week? Didn't you know there was little boys and little girls and there was people that came into church for the first time and they were watching you and you refused to worship me? You. You were the example that I needed. You know why I worship? Because my grandpa worshiped. Because I stood next to him for 11 years of my life in church and I watched my grandfather raise his hands, praise the Lord, and I watched a man do that, a strong man do that. I needed that. When you don't worship, you are telling God you are not worthy of my praise. You're not worthy enough for me to give you honor and praise. And when this happens, it robs, it steals from us. Listen, when we don't worship, you got to understand, where does the presence of God live? It doesn't live in this room. It lives in you. It lives in your soul. So when you show up to church on Sunday, it really matters. You know why it matters? Because you're bringing the presence of God with you. See, sometimes we think, man, church is all about me. It's all about what I like and what I think and what I feel and, you know, my feeling it today? When sometimes church is never about you. It's about somebody else. Somebody else that's soul that is desperately needing the life that you have in your soul. Worship keeps you connected to the kingdom of God. Keeps your soul pliable where God can work and mold and shape you into who you are called to be. Point number four, what is it? What's the answer to our soul? It's the same verse I shared last week. Worship team, you guys can come up. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. It says this, so above all, so above all, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and his righteousness that proceeds from him. What are we called to do above all things? Chase after Jesus. What does that mean? Well, obviously, church is a great place. It's a great start, and I'm super glad you're here, okay? I'm happy you're here today. It blesses my soul you're here today. But chasing after the kingdom of God doesn't just mean Sunday morning. So much more. So much more. I mean... I told students this all the time in my youth group. I would tell them this all the time. And you you guys could do this. I would call it 10 and 10. 10 and 10. The horns. They were my old youth uh, workers back in the day in Michigan. They're here stopping through. So blessed they're here today. They hear me talk about this all the time. 10 minutes in the word, 10 minutes of prayer. Listen, your soul needs it. Your soul needs it. You need the Word of God on a daily basis. You need the presence of God on a daily basis. You need worship on a daily basis. And I promise you this, it's gonna feel awkward at moments, but if you'll just do it, God will show up anywhere. God will show up in the woods. He's met me in the woods before, promise you, okay? He'll show up in the car, he'll show up in the shower, he'll show up just about anywhere. We need to seek him, run after him. Goes on to say this, then all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. Write this down. God cares about Jordans. God cares about Jordans. Now, to you, it might not be Jordan's, but God knows what your Jordan's are. And God cares about what your Jordan's are. And he cares about what you need, and he cares about what your family needs. I promise you, promise you, he knows. And he says this, if you'll seek me first, all of these things will be given to you in abundance. Abundance. That means a lot. I don't know what you think of abundance, but when I think of abundance, I think of Texas uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. Longhorn Steakhouse, okay? At Longhorn Steakhouse, they bring out these huge loaves of hot, wonderful, beautiful bread that's gonna turn into sugar in my body, and I love it, okay? I love it. And they will bring you as much as you want. It's abundance. This is what God says. God says, if you'll seek me first, in my kingdom if you'll put my word first if you'll humble yourself to me if you'll worship me trust me I'll make sure you have all that in abundance abundance and then you know what happens we become blessed to be a blessing because we have so much we go yeah you need some absolutely I was reading that in first John this week where Jesus is our you know the words talking about you know if we see somebody in need how could we turn our head away from them We're not called to do that. We're called to see people in need and go, you know what? I live in abundance because I trust God. And because I trust God, I'm going to give you my abundance because you need right now. And because they taste the goodness of God, when you give them something, they go, you know what? I'm going to trust your God. I'm going to trust your God. You were there when I needed something. You were there when I was at my lowest spot. And the kingdom of God flourishes through you. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning?